This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston. Bonus, my 2022 mid-year recap. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. friends welcome to this bonus episode of the show if you listen to the show closely you know that in the past every year I've done this very vulnerable open episode about my year the good the bad the ugly I did one in 2021 at the end of the year and it was by far one of our most popular episodes I got so much feedback on it And it really solidified for me how much many people love these episodes. You know, I often hear that people love the show or love working with me because I'm so open and vulnerable. And a lot of that is because I find it exhausting to filter myself. So I can't help it. It's so funny because I recently got a human design reading with Nicole Liana, who was actually a guest on the show a few episodes ago. And in that reading, she told me things like, I'm meant to be too much. I'm meant to feel everything in life. So then I can share it all with whoever's listening because I'm meant to be like the skinny pig and go through really hard things and then try all these things in order to heal from it. And then in essence, you know, as time goes on, especially from age 50 on, I'm meant to be viewed as what she calls this flirty Buddha. So basically like this, you know, wise person, but still feminine and fun and flirty in the process of that, which I think is so perfect. Um, So it makes sense why these episodes are popular because again, this is According to human design, my life purpose, in essence, is to be the guinea pig for all of you and to share all the things. So, you know, even though it is exhausting to filter myself at times and to, um, you know, I guess it seems natural for me to put this out there. It is hard for me as well to be so vulnerable. So I do ask, you know again, that everything you hear today, you take it and honor it. And if you find yourself getting judgy, I ask that you really kind of calm that back. 
um, and look at things a different way because I am a human being. And I think many times we look to people that we follow and we tend to put them on a pedestal or, you know, we think, oh, well, you're a leader, then you should, you know, not feel these things or be this way. And the reality is, is like, I am a deeply feeling person. I feel a lot of feelings. Um, I hold a lot of things, especially as my business grows and my kids get older um, and I step into new levels of leadership and such. So yeah, I just ask that you honor me in some of my messiness, I guess. All right. So I got a lot to share and this is my third time recording this episode. (laughs) Normally I record things one time and I move on, but for whatever reason, um, this one's just felt really hard and I'll kind of get to in a bit why it has felt hard with something that happened this year, but this is it. Uh, This is the last time I'm recording this baby and um, I've got a lot that I want to say. So let's start off with January of 2022. Um, You know, I talked about in my 2021 recap. My marriage felt really hard in 2021 and, um, you know, I got a lot of coaching around my marriage. I spent a lot of time there throughout the past few, um, months. I'm, I'm stopping for a second cause I don't know today's actually that I'm recording. This is July the 4th. And so they have fireworks going off. Um, so if you hear that in the background, that's what it is. But yeah, so my marriage felt really hard in 2021 And, but we got at a place by the end of it where, you know, my husband had hired a coach and he was getting some results from that and some insights from that. And I felt like, okay, like, okay, this can go on the kind of the back burner for a little bit because I was at a place where I really wanted to focus in on my business. I felt like I didn't really get to do that as much as I wanted to in 2021 because of, you know, how I felt in my marriage and just how I felt in my body, I felt really burnt out and I was learning a ton. I was doing DEI coaching. If you don't know what DEI is, it's diversity, equity, and inclusion training. And that was really hard stuff. It opened up a lot of things for me. I was also doing embodiment coaching, which really opened me up to feel some deep feelings and get into my body, which was new stuff. And so I was like, okay, here we are. New year. I was investing in a high level mastermind. It was the most I've ever spent on coaching ever, ever, like by a long shot. I'm talking over $4,000 a month on this mastermind. And in this mastermind, it was a small group of us. And um, I was kind of like the least experienced in regards to money making wise in the group. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to being in groups where I'm kind of the most advanced one or one of the most advanced ones. Um, and so it was really out of my comfort zone. I'm an Enneagram five. And so part of that too, is I like being kind of one of the smartest ones in the room. Like, I feel like that's where my values at is to, you know, mentor others and teach others and do all that. And so when I'm the dumbest in the room, it brings up a lot for me. And so I was really stepping into this, right? And I was like, whew, okay, like I'm investing a lot. I'm in this circle where I'm really going to expand. Like I've got to focus here. And so at this time too, um, my rebrand is going on behind the scenes. And so if you've been following me for a bit, you've seen this rebrand happen, right? I went from these bright, fun colors, kind of this Barbie look in essence, to more of what I call like a feminine 
um, like blacks and pinks and whites and tans and my look is different. And it's not like I was like, ooh, you know, this is kind of the role I want to play now. It was a reflection of the work I was doing inside of me um, as I've been shedding so much of the programming that I have been handed down by doing the DEI work that I did. So yeah, this rebrand has been going on. It had been going on behind the scenes, but nothing had really been announced at this point forward facing. Um, so it's the first week of January and I'm about to start my mastermind. And that day that I'm about to start, I think this is the perfect opportunity to reveal my new logo and to show that now moving forward, I'm going to be using Lindsay Elizabeth instead of Lindsay E. Preston. And a reason why I made this shift was because as I, again, I did this DEI work, I really started to think through as like, why is it that I'm leading in my professional life by my husband's last name? Like, that's not really authentic to me. I just feel like that was something that was handed down to me to follow. And I love doing it in my personal life. It makes sense as our family to do that. But in my professional life, like I don't want to be known if I'm married or not. I don't want to fear if I get a divorce that I'm going to have to go change all the shit all over town um, in my name. And so I decided to do that. And I decided to do that in October. I had told my husband about it and it seemed like he wasn't really listening when I told him that and he didn't really have much to say about it. So I was like, all right, like I told you what this is. You don't have anything to say about it. I'm moving on. I didn't mention it again. And so the day that I announced it, um, that night, you know, we're getting ready for bed and he was just short with me and I got curious. I was like, is something going on? Oh no, no, everything's fine. I was like, are you sure? Is there anything that's the matter? No, no, no. And two, I was like waiting for him to say something to me about it of like, oh, I saw, you know, you put your new logo out there today. You started your mastermind and like celebrating me in that. And there was nothing because energetically, I felt like that was the day I was stepping into a new version of myself. And, you know, I don't know if you ever experienced this in your life when you step into new roles or new adventures or whatever you want to call it. And the people that you love the most, especially your spouse, if you're in a partnership, if they're not witnessing you in that, it feels hurtful. And um, so the first night he was short with me, I was like, okay, I'm not going to like let it mess up my mojo. The next day he was short with me and I got annoyed and <laughs> I went from curious to, okay, what's going on here? Like, what is this about my name change? And then that's when I came out of um, many things that he said about it. And what happens too is that, you know, I can say this now, I didn't really could really pinpoint this at the time. But when he gets triggered, he goes into what's called a rigid pattern. And so it's all about the rules and what's right and what's wrong. And so if he's triggered by something that someone else does, i.e. me, he goes into a lot of, well, this is why this is wrong. And this is why that's wrong and da da da. And I get really defensive in that. And because I used to be a person who was a really big rule follower and was also in rigid pattern, I'm sitting there like, no, I don't have to follow that role and I don't have to do this thing and do that thing. And then I get really frustrated and annoyed of like, oh, I've done all this work and you haven't done this work. And it just brings forth 
really like one of the core wounds I feel like in our relationship, which is that he, I feel like hasn't done the work that I've done. Um, and I carry resentment in that a lot of times of like, look at how the, all this coaching I've fucking done. <laughs> like what the fuck have you done here? So anyways, in that argument, um, I got to a place where I could feel myself just getting sucked into this pattern again, feeling really overwhelmed and really tired by it. And I was like, I don't have the time or the energy to spend my time here. I have a business to build and I have things that I want to do in my life other than sitting here arguing in my marriage about who's right and who's wrong about a name change. And so in that weekend in essence when this went down I told him very directly of like I can't do this anymore I can't do this marriage anymore I can't spend another year getting coached hour after hour about things in our marriage because I'm really loving where I'm at in my life I'm loving how I show up in this marriage for the most part and I'm ready to just move on and so you know, I don't think this is going to work out. And it was the first time that we had had an argument like that, where it wasn't me feeling reactive of like, well, I'm out, you know, instead, it was a, I I can't do this, like, this doesn't make sense for me anymore. And he could feel that energy off of me of it being like, whoa, she's like, really done here. And it was a huge wake up call for him. And so in that, luckily he had his coach he could reach out to, who then guided him to this book called The Five Personality Patterns. And so in essence, what this book is teaching is what is the patterns that you're going to whenever you are triggered or overwhelmed. And so just a minute ago, I mentioned rigid, right? So he learned in that by reading that book of, oh, I go to this rigid pattern and then that overwhelms Lindsay and so she goes into leaving pattern and so what she does then is she's like okay you know you're just going to sit here spouting these rules at me well then I'm out I'm not doing this I'm going to flee away from this I'm going to flight right and so that's why we kept having these same fight over and over again and I kept saying you know I want a divorce or I'm out and he would get really hurt by that and rightfully so right um and he started to learn of like, oh, this is just what happens when Lindsay gets overwhelmed. And this is what happens to me when I get, you know, triggered or overwhelmed too. And so it sounds very like bland the way that I'm telling this right now. But I wish I could go back and I wish I had recorded how crazy wild it was for him to have that awakening that week. It was like I was dealing with a completely different person. He had such a huge awakening and shift in his consciousness and in his being. In essence, I mean, he worked some that week, but he really took time in every waking moment, it felt like, to be reading that book, to be studying that book. He started just looking at me in a totally different way. It was like, almost like, you know, the clouds had parted or something. He could finally see his, her, I can't say it, his wife, the way that I've been wanting him to see me, right? And um, even though he had had this awakening and I was feeling these changes off of him, I was like, I'm not going to get sucked back into this. Again, I got shit to do. Like you had a long ass time to figure this shit out when I was telling you for months, if not years to like, come on, dude, let's go. 
and I'm not getting sucked back into this. And so at this point too, like we're just a couple days into the new year and it just happened to be that, you know, we had this fight over this one weekend. I think it was like January 9th or 10th. And then we had the following week. And then the following weekends, I was going to my daughter's very first volleyball tournament. So at the time she was playing club volleyball, and this is a whole new world for me of what these tournaments are and all that stuff. Like I had an idea, but I had no idea that we had to get there at 7 a.m. She would be playing these games all day. We'd stay there till five or six at night. And so this first weekend of this game, I you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go and like, see what this whole thing is about. And I'm sitting on this bench in this gymnasium, watching her play. And her dad is similar to me. And is like, okay, let me figure this whole volleyball thing out. And it ends up being that we're sitting on this bench together, him and I. And so when I say her dad, if you don't know that whole story, like this is my ex who led a double life with another woman. I found out through a private investigator. It was this whole big thing. We had this high conflict divorce. It was later revealed he's a narcissist, blah, 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 right? So him and I are sitting on this bench for six hours. We hadn't really talked that much or seen each other that much in a couple of years because of COVID. And this was honestly like one of the first times too, I was out and about out in public for as long as I was the six hours on the bench. It was so funny because I like sat away from everybody. It was so weird to like be out in the world again. And um, so him and I had a long time to talk in essence to like shoot the shit. And one thing leads to another and he starts telling me these stories about different like healing things that he's done. He mentions that he um, did a float tank. He's like, have you ever done it? I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I did. It's wild. I was pulling past lives and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, when I went in the float tank, I just pulled a new level of consciousness and I woke up saying your name and how sorry I am for the way that I treated you. And I sat there and I was like, what the fuck just came out of his mouth? Like, if you knew this man, or if you've ever been with somebody who, you know, narcissism gets thrown around a lot, but there really are narcissists out there. And he is one for him to sit there and say that he had this new level of consciousness to where he felt like he needed to apologize to me. I was kind of like, am I living in the twilight zone? Because Think about my week prior to that too, where my husband has had this huge awakening of like, Lindsay, I'm so sorry. I see you in this different light now and all this stuff. I was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) It was wild. So after this experience, I come home, I tell my husband all about it. And I said, you know, I know this past week I've been really at the place where I feel like I'm done in this relationship, but I sat there and I watched a man apologize to me who I thought would never apologize in a million years. And I felt sad for him. I felt sad that he had done those things to me to where now he feels this remorse and he realizes the depth of what he has done for his life, for his child's life, for my life. And I said, I don't want to be on a bench with you one day years down the road and you're apologizing to me because you can't fully see in the moment what, you know, it is that I'm wanting from you in essence. 
and I don't I don't know if I said it directly like that but it was something similar and um he looked at me and I remember he had like tears in his eyes and he's like thank you so much thank you so much for giving me a second chance and I was like and I felt really good about that like okay I think this is different now I think we're not going to get into the same patterns we were in and I'm just going to make the conscious decision like my marriage is not going to overtake my other goals um and so I got really clear with those boundaries in that and I will tell you from that moment from early January up until you know just a few days ago (laughs) just a few days ago which we'll get into that in a bit my marriage was in a really great spot. Like we didn't really fight. Um, We were just like in the place that I had wanted us to be for so long. We felt connected to one another. We were flirty. It just like worked. Um, Again, it was like, holy shit, like this is my 10 marriage. Like finally we have it. And part of it was because a huge part of it was we weren't triggering each other anymore. And um, we just got into this really beautiful dance. And so that's kind of a nutshell where, where my marriage has been at. I'll just kind of touch on the past few days what's been hard. As I said, today's July 4th as I'm recording this. Um, what happened a few days ago is Roe v. Wade was overturned. In that same week, my son was in the hospital. And so it was just a really hard week, obviously. And I just felt like he didn't really handle it very well. Um, It's not that he was insensitive. It was just like, I really wanted him to feel in the depth of my pain of how that felt in that moment to feel like I was losing, you know, bodily autonomy in essence. Um, And we didn't have a good few days (laughs) at all. And we're just coming out of that. So yeah, that's where we're at. So it's not perfect, right? It's not going to be perfect. It's still going to be work. It's not like he has this one awakening and, you know, it's like, oh, my prince has finally come and we run off into the sunset. You know, it's going to have ebbs and flows. And it does come back a lot of times to me being resentful about like, come on, dude, like do some more fucking work. (laughs) And I know I need to let that story go, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if you heard the episode with Alexandra Stockwell a couple of weeks ago, she mentioned this of like, if you're still feeling resentful at your partner for not doing as much work, then you have more work to do. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Come on. Like just feels like misogyny in so many ways. And ugh, that's a whole side tangent. So that's where my marriage is at. I would say it's been at a really great place the past few months with the exception of the past few days. Um, let's go back to January again. Um, I mentioned, you know, I've been in this rebrand in early January. I just announced my new name. I started using my new branding. And a lot of this year has been just working on the different pieces of the rebrand, even though I've had a designer in that. It's been a slow but steady process. I even rebranded in 2020. I've just forgot how much work this is. And I knew that going into this rebrand. And I was like, fuck, I just did a rebrand in 2020. Do I really want to do this again? But I just could not keep moving forward with the brand that I had. It just did not feel like me at all anymore. 
Um, so that's been a huge part of what's been going on behind the scenes, you know, a new website, new designs, new courses being redone. It's a, it's a lot. Um, and in that too, it involved getting new photos done of like this newer look that I had. And in that process, I had hired a photographer way back in October who could not get me in until February of this year. She's that in high demand. And she primarily shoots boudoir photos. But I felt really drawn to her. I felt like, okay, she's going to be the one that captures my style because what I wanted in my photo shoot was to capture the wide variety of the feelings we have as women, you know, of like, quote unquote, professional and forward facing and then messy and raw and edgy and, you know, bold and then, you know, uh, rage filled and all the things. And, um, so I patiently wait to have this photo shoot in February. I get there. She does not listen to what I want at all. She does not honor what I want at all. In essence, it felt like a sex photo shoot, which again, she's a boudoir photo photographer. I get it. Part of that was on me, right? Of like thinking she could meet my vision versus getting really clear with her beforehand of like, here's my vision. Can you do this? Right? I just assumed she could. So I left that shoot. I didn't feel like she captured the vision at all. And I even told her, I was like, I don't feel like we got it today. And um, she still didn't even like honor that. She's like, well, I feel like we did. And I was like, I don't know how, because every photo that we took was hair in my face, me looking like I'm having an orgasm. Like, that's not going to really get people in the door to want to work with me. (laughs) It's great for a couple shots, but you know, that's not how I am as a woman is looking like I'm having an orgasm all the time. So anyways, and that there's a stress of holy shit, like I need photos, I need to be back out in the world. Like, you know, marketing again, because remember, I'm investing in this high level mastermind. And, you know, the end of 2021, I had slowed down a lot to heal burnout. And I was just like, come on, I've got to move forward. I've got to like get back into launch mode. So with the photographer thing, I got really lucky that I was able to rebook a shoot with a photographer and videographer I'd used before and book with her the next week, which was like unheard of. And she got the vision. We got some photos done. We made it happen. So by early March, I'm at a place now where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to start marketing again. So one thing I did miss in this journey throughout my year, let's back up a little bit around the time I had my photo shoots, which was February, right? Um, The day before I had my new photo shoot with my photographer that ended up using her photos, I get a call from my husband when I'm at my office and he's like, Hey babe, you know, how's your day going? I'm like, Oh good. He's like, well, what do you have on the agenda for the rest of the day? I was like, Oh, I have this break. And then I have some calls later. And it was so smart of him to ask that. And I just want to give him a shout out. He's listened to this episode. He hasn't listened to my podcast much, but that was one of the kindest things he could have done to me to ask what was involved in my day to see if I could handle what he was about to tell me next. And he decided that I could handle it because I had some space in my calendar. And he's like, well, I just want to let you know someone just came by the house. And I'm thinking in my head, came by the house? Like, who the hell's coming by the house? He's like, you remember that client you had last year that did the chargebacks and sent that 
letter in the mail from a lawyer basically telling you to refund her money or else? And I was like, yeah. So if you didn't hear that story, I had my very first unhappy client last year. So she started working with me in 2020, one-on-one, nine months, the entire process. I had email after email, call after call with her just talking about how happy she is and how grateful she is she's working with me. And she was honestly going to be somebody I was going to have on the podcast. She was getting amazing results from my perspective and what she was telling me from her perspective. And at the end of us coaching together, we had two calls left and she's like, I'm not happy with my results. I was like, what? She's like, well, you know, part of this whole time, you said that we were going to be paying off my debt and I haven't paid off my debt. My debt's increased. And I'm like, okay, but a huge part of what we've been coaching on and coaching through is you getting your aligned job and getting your side business going, both of which we did. We stopped the bleeding of the money. And that's where, again, like this, I can't tell the whole story because there were so many things involved in that, but there was a business still and all this other stuff. It was an incredible story. Incredible. Um, but then she comes to me, right? And she's like, I'm not happy with my results. And I'm like, okay. I felt completely blindsided. I felt, you know, like, what the hell is going on here? And so we ended up coaching through it because I thought, okay, this just must be a coaching thing because she's been so happy the whole time. So we coached through it and she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I see my, my thoughts on it and what I can change and blah, blah, blah. So we get off the phone and then I get an email from her a day or two later. It's like, no, Lindsay, I'm still just not happy. I want a refund. And I was like, no, I'm not giving you a refund because at the time I had been marketing like, you know, you're happy with your results or I'll give you your money back kind of thing. And this is something I don't market anymore. It's something that I cringe at that I did in my business, but I was also at a point in my business around this time where I had been undercharging and I had been underselling in essence of just like being what a lot of people said is like, you know, this little secret um, of like, oh, wow, this girl is so good at what she does, but she doesn't really like market that. And I was getting really tired of that. I was getting really tired of not making the money I wanted to make and really like putting myself out there. And so I started following some coaches who were really bold in their marketing and really putting themselves out there in that. And that was one of the things that they had thrown out there of, you know, do a money back guarantee. Like the worst thing is that you're going to have an unhappy client that you're going to have to refund the money to. And so I did it and I tried it out and, you know, I did it with, gosh, I don't know, 20, 30 different one-on-one clients. I don't remember how many, all of them were happy. Did all of them get the exact results they wanted? No, but some of them who didn't, they knew well enough was like, well, I didn't fully show up for this. And I made that very clear from the start of the process of like, here's your responsibility. Here's mine. And a huge part of the coaching process being successful is that you're open and honest with me the entire time. If you're not getting the results you want, tell me if you're not getting something, tell me if you're upset with me, tell me. Right. So anyways, going back to this client, when she came at me, with, you know, I want my money back. And I was like, no, you've had these great results. I'm not doing it. And she's like, well, that's what you promise. And it was a very gray area, right? Of like, okay, yeah, I did put that out there. And so then I reached out to my lawyer. I'm like, hey, 
here's where I'm at, you know, with this girl. She kind of walked me through what my options were. And what I ended up deciding to do was giving her a refund of her last payment of the things she didn't use. And then being like, listen, you were happy up into this point, And then kind of calling it a day. What happened from there is she went to her credit card company and did what's called a chargeback. I've never heard of this before at the time. I had never done this before other than like when I have obvious fraud, you know, like somebody steals my card and uses it at a gas station or whatever, right? So what happens when you do that, when you do a chargeback, it immediately drafts that money out of the business owner's account. And so at the time for one-on-one coaching, I was charging $7,000. So what happened is almost $7,000 minus the money I refunded her that she didn't use came drafting out of my account. And that was a week that I had my live event with my clients. And it was an event actually she was going to be at where I celebrate like their successes. And we do this party and this dinner and Last year we did these videos and I really just like celebrate them up. So I had some money in there for that event that then was drawn out. So then I'm scrounging around to find money. So I'm pulling it from my personal account to put in this account. Anyways, this is getting to be very long. But what happened is she did these chargebacks. She won a few of the chargebacks and I won the other ones. And I was like, okay, that's the universe's way of saying like we both were at fault you know, I don't market that money back guarantee thing any, anymore because it's just too gray. It sets me up for, you know, people like this who want to change their minds. And I ended up starting to use a very solid legal contract with everybody, making things very clear with everybody of things. And I was like, okay, great. We're all moving on. We did this thing. Then I get this letter from the lawyer at the end of 2021 of like, you better pay up or else. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, why are you sending me this letter? You've already done these chargebacks. In essence, what then happens is that you go through this arbitration process. And again, they've decided like who gets what I'm moving on, right? So going back to February, I know I've gone on this tangent. But going back to February, you know, my husband again, is like, hey, remember that client? And I'm like, yeah, because of course he knows because shit's coming to my house all the time from her. He's like, um, yeah, she's suing you. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, the guy that was, you know, going to give you the papers or serve you the papers, you know, he couldn't really read me all the details, but you know, she's suing you because you're not giving her a full refund. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be fucking kidding me. So obviously you got to take it from my perspective here. I've never had an unhappy client in eight years, never had anybody ask for a refund, never had a charge back, never gotten a letter in the mail from a lawyer saying like pay up or else. And then now I'm getting sued. So this is like, this has been a whole huge experience for me. And as somebody who really is, how do I want to phrase this? A recovering good girl. This is like so triggering to me of like, holy shit, I am bad. I am the worst person in the world. But yet intuitively, I also know of like, this is wrong and I need to fight this because throughout this whole process, there are many times that I just want to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to give her a fucking money box. So I don't have to deal with it. But there was a huge part of me that was like, no, I know I gave her great results. I know she loved the coaching process. 
She just wants to pay off her debt as fast as possible and wants to do it in this way. And I'm not going to give in to that. That's not fair, right? So anyways, mid-February, I get this paperwork. The next day, I have this photo shoot. So I'm like, this is crazy, right? January was like I was getting a divorce. My ex tells me that he's sorry. So that was a lot to take in. February, I have this botched photo shoot. Then it turns around and I find out I'm getting sued. So March comes around. I'm at this place now where it's like, okay, I've got these new photos. I'm ready to launch. You know, I'm almost halfway into this high-level mastermind. I have closed some one-on-one clients along the way, but I haven't like launched to get my business to the place where it really needs to be to be able to sustain this mastermind and to pay myself in the process. And so uh, March comes around. I'm getting ready to launch what is now called the Awakened Woman Coaching Process. So it's my former coaching process, just been renamed. I said that many times, but just in case you haven't heard that. And I was going to launch it in the group format. And in that process, I haven't done a launch launch in, I guess, like five years or something like that. So that's a lot for my nervous system too, to put myself out there in such a big way. You know, I know it seems like I may be outgoing based on podcasts you hear or when you see me in the coaching environment. But when you see me in my personal life and you really know me, you know that I'm a very quiet person. I'm a very private person. Um, I don't like to rock the boat. I don't really even like to talk that much. I like to listen. Like that's my natural habitat. And so for me to put myself out there and in essence open myself up to mass rejection because I'm going to be telling thousands of people about this thing that I'm selling and getting rejected thousands of times because all I want is really a few people in that. But it's a lot for somebody's brain. You know, if you heard my podcast from last year too, in my recap, I got officially diagnosed with ADHD. Part of ADHD is rejection sensitivity disorder. And so people with ADHD, they take rejection and it's really big for them. And so again, like me putting myself out there and getting rejected is a lot. And I have to do a lot of mindset work around that. I have to feel a lot of feelings in that. Even though I know it's business and logically I know all that, it's still just a lot for me to feel through. So anyways, March comes around. As I said, I'm getting ready to launch. I'm putting myself out there in this. You know, my husband's really stepping up too. He's doing some of the things I've wanted him to do for a long time, including going and getting a physical. So as he goes and gets this physical, he gets his blood results back. His platelets are really high. And at first it's kind of just blown off of like, ah, it was probably just a one-time thing. I was feeling a little bit off that day. I was like, okay, cool. Goes again, platelets are still high. Then he has to go to a specialty doctor. I forget what the doctor's technical term is. Um, but it's like on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. So you might be yelling at the, the your podcast of what the name is. But he goes to, in essence, like a blood doctor. And the blood doctor tells him, listen, you probably have a blood cancer. It's not life-threatening. Um, but it is something that we're going to have to manage. But we need to make sure it's not something more serious than that. And we're going to have to do, in essence, like a bone marrow um, test to make sure, you know, this isn't something more. Because I guess platelets are made in the bone marrow. So he's telling me this. I'm in the middle of my launch. Again, so much has already happened in the year. I'm still recovering from burnout. And he's like, 
yeah, Lindsay, I think I have this cancer or it could be something worse. And I'm like, my whole life starts flashing before my eyes. And I start really taking in of like, oh my God, my marriage is finally at the place that I want it to be. And I could lose this man now. And of course, his mind goes to financial stuff because he's a wealth manager and that's his thing. And he's like, well, Lindsay, you're going to be fine financially. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I want you here. Right. And I'm sitting here through this launch thinking about why is it that I'm constantly always busting my ass to hit some new level in my business when the reality is, is like, we don't need the money. We are very, um, what, what do you want to call it? Like really good savers. Um, we live below our means in so many ways. Like if you were to see my house, it's a very basic starter house. Now we are building a new house, but it's still not anything fancy. We both drive Toyotas. <laughs> like we live very, very simple lives for the most part. It's like, why am I busting my ass in these launches and doing these things where I'm getting sued and, you know, like these photo shoots and all this stuff? Like, what the fuck am I thinking? And so I had a huge awakening of my own in that of I am tired of always thinking about work and thinking about the next goal that I'm going to hit. And, you know, in essence, like what we get in these coaching circles sometimes too, as we talk about the money is like, oh, look at, I had this $40,000 launch or this 200K launch. And it's like, I just, I don't even fucking care. I've never fucking cared about any of that shit. And I just realized in that moment, like my priorities are off. I have this family who adores me, who I feel like I make the most impact in. And yet I'm always just trying to like get out of things with them and I'm fucking done. And so I realized in that process of like, I don't want a huge launch. I don't want to go out there and launch. I don't want to just accept people to accept people because there are people that when they come into my business, they aren't a good fit. And even if they're paying me money, it's very draining for me and I don't want to deal with it. And so I decided to, in essence, like pull out of the launch and I told my audience at the time via email of, hey, I've had this awakening. Here's what's happened with my husband and here's how I'm shifting from it is, you know, I'm going back to everybody has to get on a consult and I'm not really going to pressure anybody to sign up at any certain time. It, it's just like, I'm here when you need me kind of thing. And I felt so good in that. I felt like so grounded in that. And so at the time too, you know, remember I'm in this mastermind, right? That's all about like, Ooh, getting to seven figures. And I felt like all my mastermind sisters were making all of this money. And I just started to be like, I just don't fucking care about this. I really loved being in that container for the caliber of the coaches that were in there. Like, they're just on their A game and just, yeah, just like you could tell they've done a lot of work on themselves. And so again, it was just like the quality and caliber of their consciousness was amazing and is amazing. I talk about it in past tenses if they're not here, but it's amazing. And also I was like, I'm not sitting here wanting to strive to hitting these financial numbers anymore. And in this process too, I'm really starting to look at my values in my business. This is something I did a little bit in my DEI coaching of like, Lindsay, what is it you really stand for? 
what is it is like the heart and soul of your business? And as I started to pull away again of like how much money I want to bring in of what is it that really serves my clients here? And what is it again that like I'm really the core of what it is that I'm doing in my business? And that came back to I am here to help women create deeply fulfilling lives to them. And a part of that is for them to have deeply fulfilling financial lives. You know, I'm very fortunate that I have a husband that's his zone of genius. And so he has set up things in a way for us to be financially secure. If I didn't have him, I wouldn't have that stuff. I would have to learn it on my own. And I just don't have an interest or desire to do that stuff. I love the results, but I don't want to, you know, do the work in essence of it. Um, and so I'm fortunate with that. So I started really thinking about him and I had brought him in the business and he had taught a little masterclass to my mastermind clients and that so they can start creating that wealth. And I really started to think too of like, what is it that makes sense for them to pay me every month? You know, one-on-one coaching is is another thing because it is like a one-off expense and you do pay it for for a couple of months, but then that's it. And so it makes sense if that's a higher cost or even, you know, group coaching or even self-study because you're learning so much in that process as well, the Waken Woman process, like that's stuff you have for life and that's the core of all the other work that I do in the world. And that's why my mastermind is only for those who have gone through that process because it's like, you got to go through the process first for me to be able to ongo, ongoingly coach you. That's not a word, but you know what I mean? So yeah, so I just got to a point of like, how much do I want to be charging them? What makes sense here? And I also at the time had a support coach in my mastermind who too has her own goals and dreams, right? And is telling me like, okay, here's what I want next year, Lindsay. Here's what I'm wanting to make. Here's what I want my role to look like. And so I'm sitting there and I'm taking in what it is that she's wanting. I'm taking in what other people in my business are wanting. I'm taking in what it is that I'm wanting. I'm taking in, you know, where I want to be in um, my life and where I want my business to fit in. And again, like what is the best thing for my clients in this and I started to realize I'm not sure I can continue to have my support coach in this and so now we're at a point where it is April and I come to her and we had had so many discussions about next year and everything you know, so far in the container, we were like seven months in, had gone really well and really smooth from my perspective. And I love my support coach so deeply. Um, we had many different roles with one another from her being my support coach in my business to being my own coach, to being my daughter's coach, to I viewed her as a friend, I view her as a soul sister, um, so many things, right? So, you know, we started talking about next year and the negotiation of that. I knew what she wanted. I knew what I needed to give my clients. I knew what I needed to give myself. And I came to her and I said, okay, here's the offer. And I had also done my research of asking my mastermind sisters, what are you paying your support coach and what is it that they're doing? And I started to see, wow, I pay my people really, really well. (laughs) And I love paying my people really, really well. That's again, like one of the core things that I love to do is to pay women well. You know, I, I joke sometimes is like, I would be totally okay dying and not having any money to my name, but I had given it all to women 
who then got to go do whatever they wanted to do in the world because I helped pay them. Like that just lights me the fuck up. So anyways, I make her this offer knowing it's not what she fully wants, but also knowing I need to honor all these other things in the process. She of course didn't like the offer. She thought she was getting a different offer. And as I said, we had gone through many ebbs and flows of what her role looks like because it was a new role. Where are we going to go with this, et cetera, et cetera. So she was hurt by the offer. You know, as being two coaches, we kind of step back of like, okay, where are we going to go with this? Where are we going to move forward with this? Um, making sure, you know, we're coming at it from a regulated state and not from a triggered state and all that. And this is where I have had to record this episode now for the third time because I don't want to get into the details of how that process went down. I want to honor her in that and I want to honor, I don't really think I need to honor myself because, you know, I'm an open book, but I want to honor her in that, of that process of, you know, obviously it came to a point where she didn't like the, 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 the offer. We couldn't come to terms. It was like, great. Okay. You're not coming back next year. Awesome. So in that now things need to shift for this year because I thought you were going to be here forever and ever really. Um, and then there were more hurt feelings in that. And it just got to a point where, you know, it just didn't really feel right anymore for her to be my coach anymore. I'm not going to get into the details of that because I don't think it's appropriate. And the relationship just crumbled in a matter of days um, to even a point where I told her, I'm like, I need some time to process this because I don't even know what the fuck just happened. And um, it honestly felt like a bridge was burning and I was sitting there doing as much as I could while still staying in alignment to myself of... I don't want this bridge to burn, but I just felt like there were more, was more gasoline put on it over and over and over again. So, um, even after, you know, we decided she wasn't going to come back and then she decided she didn't want to stay for the rest of the year based on how I viewed her, um, exit process. Um, you know, it was just very sudden and it was very, abrupt. Um, and it was painful. It was really painful. Um, because you have to realize again, we have so many roles with one another. This is someone I deeply care about. And when I say someone is a soul sister to me, it's going to sound woo to some of y'all, but it's because I've had a past life with them and her and I had a very close past life together. Um, we actually had a whole podcast where we talked about her, leading me in my past lives and doing a a session around that, that is not probably going to air at any time soon because it just feels too personal to put that out there, um, at this point. But yeah, I mean, it just fell apart. And I think the hardest part was that I was hurting so much from that, that then I have to go to my mastermind and say, okay, she's leaving. And they're all in shock of like, what the fuck is going on here? And we're in a container too, where we're all really honest and open with one another. And so for some of them that felt like, you know, why isn't Lindsay being honest and open about this? Like she's honest and open about everything else, but like, she's very mum and quiet about what's going on. And we can feel the feelings off her because they're all intuitive beings. I've taught them well. 
to feel feel their feelings and to trust their gut instincts and all the things and they're like Lindsay something is off here and I'm like oh fuck and I'm just like wanting to hide and not be seen and the immense pain that I was feeling in that experience um because you know not only is it that I'm facing them and they're calling me out of my and my truth but I lost my coach in that my one-on-one coach my coach who held me in my deepest pains my biggest feelings which is very hard to do very hard to do and very vulnerable for me again I'm an Enneagram five I have a wing four and so for a five we lead with our intellect and we fear that people are going to leave us for our feelings but yet I have this four wing who is a very big 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 feeler right and she was the best at holding me in that stuff. And again, you'd be like, well, Lindsay, why did, why did you end the one-on-one relationship then? And I'm not going to get into the details of that. I'm just not. Um, it just didn't make sense anymore, right? So I'm feeling through all of this. And I know right now it seems like I'm past it, and I am, um, because I've done so much work. I mean, that was April. It's now early July. It's been two months of me processing that. Um, but it was hard and it was um, raw and um, I hadn't felt a breakup like that in a really long time. It was also really hard to not be honest with people and be upfront with it because I didn't want to say something in a triggered state or in a hurt state that I would later regret because again, I deeply care about this person. So why, like, I just, I just didn't want to say anything, right? Um And so, yeah, it was just really hard. It was just hard and it was uncomfortable. And in that of my pain, again, I got to a place where it's like I wasn't really launching or putting myself out there. I was just sitting behind the scenes, feeling the pain and feeling through the shock of all of this of like, what the fuck happened? While also realizing we both honored ourselves. We both, you know, did things that were in alignment for ourselves. It's not like you know, we got in this huge fight and there was this conflict as some people have thought there was and um, all those things. It just, it just wasn't working anymore. It just wasn't working by us honoring ourselves, you know, and, and that's hard. Anytime you're in a breakup like that, where there's not this huge conflict or this huge like fracture, it's just, oh shit, like, like this isn't working anymore. Like that's sad. You know, I've, I've held some clients recently in a breakup and they've been in kind of a similar boat where it's not this huge, you know, like scandal, but it's just the sadness of like, fuck, I really wanted this to work and it didn't. And you just have to sit in it. It's not fun. It is not fun. And so, you know, I learned a lot in that process, um, I analyze the fuck out of it as I always do. And I analyze the fuck out of, oh, fuck, what did I mess up on? Because I want to make sure, you know, I don't mess up again. And I own my apology. And then I felt like I did. Um, I have with her of where I felt like I didn't fully hold her. And that was in not setting a really clear container with what the role was. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was honestly, out of all the things that I've gone through this year, like that's been the hardest and I think it's just because you know I've had other people come and go on my business it's because I love her so much it's a totally different relationship it's just a totally different 
ball game. I mean, it even like makes me want to cry just thinking about it right now. Um, and you know, when you get hurt like that, what does your brain want to do? Fuck it. I don't ever want to fucking get that close to somebody again in my business. I don't want to bring anybody in again. That's going to do that. Da, da, da. And then I have to face it with my clients. You know, what sucks in that too, is they're like friends with her and they still connect with her. And some of them still coach with her. And you know, it's just still like these reminders of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's my like former bestie okay mm, all right so yeah just been a lot to process in that and I hate too that some of my clients feel like they're in the middle of that and I've told them very directly it's like I hate this for you and I just want you to know that you can be your full self with this and if you're you need me to hold space for anything or if you're upset with me like I'm here for you in that um and some of them have taken me up on that offer and you know, some of them didn't feel like they needed it. And some of them I think are still processing. So yeah, that, that has been really the hardest part. It's been a huge growth in my leadership of that, of analyzing different dynamics and seeing power plays at hand that I didn't really see before. And I won't get into all the details of that because we could be here for hours, but, um, yeah, I just learned a lot from them. All right. So that's, you know, the big thing was that happened in April So then, um, I think around this time too, yeah, it was around this time, Jason gets his results back that officially it's just this blood cancer that sounds a lot worse than what it is. They've just got to lower his platelets and make sure his platelets stay low. Um, And so hopefully it's a really clean and simple process to do that. And that's what we're working toward right now. And things seem to be going really smoothly. And so that was a huge relief of like, whew, okay, this is off my plate, you know, and then two, you know, I'm getting sued, right? And so I went to the judge and I said, you know, instead of going to trial, is there any way we can go to mediation? And so the day that I take my husband in to go get this biopsy done on his back, I then rush him home. He's laying in bed recovering and I get on my computer for a Zoom call and I go to mediation for this woman and we can't come to an agreement she's basically wanting me to still refund every penny and I'm like no I'll meet you in the middle here because that's what you do in mediation (laughs) she doesn't want to do that and I'm like okay well I guess we're going to trial so then it's on my mind of like okay when is this trial gonna happen and again you'd be like Lindsay why don't you just fucking refund the money I could but it was the principle of the goddamn thing (laughs) right it's the principle and I will tell you this I had to do so much work around this, so much work. There were sessions I had with my former support coach of just like me bawling and screaming because I loved this woman. I still love her. There are clients, and you know, just like with my support coach, there are some people they just get into your heart and you just love them. Even if you you know as a coach, like, oh, I'm not supposed to get attached here. Oh, I'm not supposed to fall in love. You do. And I loved this woman. I loved her. And that's why I was like, oh, I can't wait for her to come on the podcast. And she's going to be then in my mastermind. And she would even call me like her big sister. And like, we had this whole thing going. So anyways, I had a lot of feelings around to, you know, how much I loved her and feeling betrayed by her. And also in that process of... Um, you know, as a coach, 
this is how I was taught as a coach. If you feel like you can't get 100% behind a client, you probably shouldn't take that client on. Like you need to like fully be on board with them and like really believe in them. And if again, if you can't do that, they're not the right client for you. And so it was so weird for me to, in essence, be on the same team with this woman, like cheering her on, coaching her, mentoring her, which I did. And I did it so fucking well. And then to be like, now it's, I get this paperwork of her name versus my name. That's like defendant and, um, what is it? Plaintiff, right? And it's like, it's just, it was a mind fuck, like nobody's business to wrap my head around that, right? But again, it was like the, the businesswoman in me was like, you don't fucking do this to people. You can't do this to people, right? So yeah, so April, that was what April was. May, from what I remember, what is what happened in May? I don't know. It seems pretty quiet. I will say in May, you know, obviously to the end of the school year stuff, And, um, so that's always like a lot on my mama heart of all the school year stuff that comes up because both of my kids, I believe are neurodivergent. I believe they both have ADHD. And so there are, there are struggles with that. Right. And also being somebody who's neurodivergent is like, I see in them, um, areas where they struggle And I also see like a former version of myself in that and a little girl who didn't get looked at of like, wow, something may be off here. Maybe we need to support her in that. There's a coach part of me that's like, ooh, I know exactly what your blocks are. I know exactly where I need to take you. And as a mom, I show the fuck up for my kids. Like I show up big time for my kids. Like my daughter, you know, again, I was seeing ADHD symptoms in her. I was taking her to this brain balance thing. We were going three times a week. So I would, you know, work during the day, get off, run over, grab her, take her back over across town 30 minutes away to these sessions that were an hour, drive her back, you know, and doing all this at homework and then, you know, all the other stuff she has going on. So by the time May rolls around every year, it's kind of like the sigh of relief of like, oh, like I feel as almost as much as like their goals were my goals because I was like in it with them. And this is how I feel with my clients a lot too. This is why I have such a high success rate um, because I feel very responsible too. If you come to me and you're like, I want this, I'm like, I will make that happen for you even though I know it's your work. So anyways, May comes around and both my kids end up winning these awards. My daughter ends up winning this one where every year in her grade from first grade through now she's in fifth they've had this award called the in his image award so it's the two kids in each class boy and a girl who represent the most of the jesus-like qualities right and it's this huge honor and this is a big thing so for fifth grade they did it and my daughter didn't win and i was like oh that sucks i mean she's won it almost every year otherwise but then they get up and they're like now for fifth grade, we have an extra special award. It's called the fruit of the spirit. And it's named after this teacher and blah, 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 blah. And it's our highest honor. And their name goes on this plaque and it's in the school. And it really just represents those who are the most, you know, Christ-like and blah, 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 blah. And I know some of you may be like, Lindsay, are you a Christian? It's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm, why am I stumbling over this? I I guess I'm like a progressive Christian. I'm actually very spiritual, but I really love the school for my kids, believe it or not. Even though I'm in Texas in a Christian school, which you would think is like not my jam, it's actually a lot more progressive than you would think. 
So anyways, they go back to this award and they're like, this is our highest honor. And then they announce her name. And I'm just like sitting there in shock of like, holy shit. Ah, and I have so many feelings about this. And during this week too, this is when the Uvalde shooting happened, which was in Texas where I live. And I just really had uh, so many feelings. Also, she's graduating fifth grade, so she's going to middle school. And I was just like feeling all the feels that week. And whenever I get to a place where I really feel the feels, I mean, and I had been doing this all fucking year long. Again, January, divorce. My ex tells me he's sorry. February, getting sued, this photo shoot thing. March, my husband has cancer. April, the support coach. Now we're in May, right? It's like, my daughter wins this huge award. And this whole school shooting happens. And like, nobody seems to give a fuck about it. And so I'm feeling through that. And it's like, holy shit, people. And I'm in this mastermind that's like pushing my boundaries all the time. So yeah, then we get to June, summer. And everything seems to be going great and smooth. And I'm like, yes, I love summertime. It's the best time of year. I'm about to go to Hawaii. I'm going to spend, I think it was like 12 days in Hawaii. And then I come back for a few days. And then I'm going to leave for my Living the Dream event. Where we're going to go to Florida in this mini mansion. We're going to have this chef and it's going to be great. And so collectively out of 30 days, 18 of days, I'm going to be on vacation. It's going to be amazing. And then my son says that he's not feeling very well, which has been a common theme of this year. My kids have gotten sick more this year than they have collectively in their entire lives. I spent a lot with that. And of course, you know, I've done handled that with grace, including myself getting COVID in that. My son says he feels sick. He goes to bed, wakes up. He's struggling to breathe. His blood oxygen is in the 80s. You're supposed to be like 95 and above. We rush him to urgent care. One thing leads to another. We're in the hospital. We find out that basically he has this form of asthma. I think it's called respiratory airway disease, where it happens a lot with young kids. And basically, if he gets a cold or allergies, he can go into an asthmatic attack. And that's what happened. And so we spent the next four days in the hospital, some of which in the ICU for him to build up his oxygen again and to be able to breathe strongly on his own. So yeah, there went our Hawaii trip and there went, um, you know, a really hard experience of being in the hospital. I had never been in the hospital other than to have my kids. So it was a whole new experience for me to do this. And, you know, when you're in the ICU, I guess they call it like the PICU. So it's like the, um, you know, for kids you're not in a private room. So I'm surrounded by all these kids going through this horrific shit that I'm like sitting there witnessing for the first time. And again, you may be like, Lindsay, you know, you have it all together. And like, you're so logical. I am such a secret deep feeler. And I sat there and I was just feeling the shit so deeply. Again, I'm like having my boundaries with it. I know all the tools, blah, blah, blah. But the personal side of me is like, reeling over some of the things that I'm witnessing and just taking in my own experience of like, what the fuck has happened? I had a healthy kid and then all of a sudden, you know, he's like barely breathing. What the fuck is life, right? So yeah, that was my June. And then our Hawaii trip, as I said, got canceled. So now here we are July 4th. And guess what? Guess what? (laughs) You're not going to fucking believe this. My husband and son go away for the weekend because I told him I need time alone. Again, I got really triggered by the RV Wade being overturned because if you hadn't heard, when I was 20, I had an abortion. It's a whole nother story for another day, but I 
talked about it on a podcast once. Um, but I was like, I need a weekend alone. I've just like, so much has happened. I need to process what's happened this year. Can you please go away for the weekend? I'll go away. He's like, yeah, great. We're going to go to Great Wolf Lodge. If you don't know what Great Wolf Lodge is, it's like this kid's indoor water park. You stay at a hotel there, blah, blah, blah. Well, they got exposed to COVID. And guess who has COVID right now? Oh, my son and my husband. So happy July 4th. (laughs) Even though most of us aren't celebrating this year. Happy July 4th. So July is starting off with a bang. And yeah. So that's my year recap, my friends. It's been a lot. It has been a fucking lot. You know, I just recently wrapped up my mastermind, um, which for a while I thought I was going to renew and I had a really great experience in that. But as it really came down to it, I was like, I just can't keep paying this huge amount every month for this thing. And I just really don't want to get to go to a place where I'm just like forcing myself to make money, right? As much as I love the experience, just the whole money aspect of it wasn't in alignment for me. Um, But I was wrapping up my mastermind and they're all talking about oh, and this launch and this launch and this thing that I did and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, here's all the hard shit that I got through this year. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, right? Um, so thank God I have the tools that I have to get me through it. I mean, this past weekend, as I said, I spent time alone and I was just writing out my feelings. I was feeling my feelings. I was just getting everything out of me because that's one thing I realized too in watching some of my mastermind sisters who are making a lot more money than me. Um, Again, I'm not chasing after money anymore, but I do see that they feel their feelings in the moment. Now it's not necessarily like in a negotiation or in a business deal, but something happens And then they go privately and they deal with that shit right away. They don't stuff it. They don't put it off. They know that feeling their feelings is the ticket to their wildest dreams coming true. And I've always known that, obviously, because that's what I give my clients. But I learned it on a whole new level by watching some of them. And it's just reiterated to me as like, okay, every day, Lindsay, you've got to lean into feeling the fuck out of your feelings. And, you know, when you're getting triggered by things or things are coming up for you, don't act like you're more evolved than it. Don't act like, oh, you know, let's logically talk our way out of it. Just feel into it. Like, fuck, it fucking sucks. My husband and my son have COVID. What the fuck? You know, and like leaning into that, like, God, fuck, like, come on, God, give me a fucking break. You know, I mean, that's just like such a watered down version of how I really feel about this. Um, but yeah, so leaning into those feelings. I've also learned a lot the past six months in my mastermind of what is my relationship with responsibility? Because as I started out in this mastermind, I put a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. I had my clients and their goals. I had my kids and their goals as I talked about my husband and like making sure he's moving forward the way he wants to and many other things. And I was like, you know what? I show up. I'm, I show up for my life. I do deep work all the fucking time. And yet I'm putting everybody else's responsibility on me. I don't ask for anyone else to be responsible for me and showing up for me and my goals. Like I need to stop being so responsible for these things because it's their responsibility. And the honest truth is that most all of them are holding all of that well anyway. And they're showing the fuck up for themselves anyway. Even my kids. I like take on just way too much mind space and energetic space, like thinking about them when I don't need to. And so I've had to set a lot of boundaries with myself around that of like, Lindsay, let it go. 
in essence, you know, I just did an episode about upper limit problems and like, are you addicted to the struggle? This was me being addicted to the struggle of me sitting around thinking about everybody all the time versus being like, wait a second, they're good. I'm good. Yeah, hard shit's going on, but I know how to get through it. Like, can I just go enjoy my life? And in that, I think, you know, I've really, I think some of my clients have felt some of that, especially my mastermind clients who have been with me a while of like, okay, Lindsay was like super duper involved. And then the sport coach left and then now she's not as involved. And part of that was me mourning it. Part of it was also me being like, okay, I'm giving way too much here. Because the other thing I saw in my mastermind is how much my mastermind sisters are charging for their experiences and their pricing is beautiful and awesome and I love that they have it and also my pricing is not at their pricing which I still think my pricing is expensive for you know it is it just is it's like I'm not going to go into detail but it's just like I'm not going to charge more money than I'm already charging um, because it's already a stretch for people who are making quote-unquote good money like I'm it's, it's kind of mind blowing to me what some people pay for coaching, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's like, I see what they're charging and what they're giving. I see what I'm charging and yet I'm giving a lot more than a lot of them are giving. And it's like, Lindsay, this is, this is a you problem. Like you've got to quit thinking that you're not giving enough. You're giving way more than enough. Um, calm it down. And for a lot of them too, I'm their very first coach and I love being that. Um, and some of them will go and they'll work with another coach somewhere else and then they'll come back to me and be like, Lindsay, they didn't like give near as much as you did. And for a while it was like kind of like this like thing that I loved, like, oh yeah, you know, I give so much. And now it's like, I still am going to give, but I'm not going to give to these huge extreme levels that I've been giving. Um, and so I know for some of my clients, again, they're probably like, wait a second, I'm not getting as much of Lindsay she's not always like asking me these things or doing these things or she's telling me to show up to the calls prepared versus like her thinking of things for me to coach on and you know that has probably been uncomfortable for them and I'm finding my balance in that because you know as I've went witnessed my own coach Julia you know she's so chill and so laid back it was totally a hundred percent on us to bring everything to the table and that was awesome and beautiful and I grew so much from that but I also love holding my clients a little bit more and so I've found kind of my sweet spot in that and so now that I'm starting a new year with my living the dream mastermind here soon you know I'm like okay here's where I'm starting this next year with things so that's my year recap I know this is a mouthful I really hope this was interesting to you obviously if you're at this point of the episode you found it interesting (laughs) again people love these episodes I know I do I love hearing all the behind the scenes things Um, and so thank you. Thank you for witnessing me. Thank you for loving me and my messiness and my growth and my imperfectness and all of the things. Um, I love doing this human experience with you. Even if I don't know you yet, I love that we're on this journey together being imperfect humans. So that's it. And just to give you a little taste of what's in store for this second part of this year, you know, my intention is, you know, I um, found a journal that I did a year ago and I was talking about what I wanted for the next year of my life and everything on that list had come true about things in my marriage and working out and other things with my kids and things of that sort. The only piece that was missing was making the amount of money that I wanted to make based off that list. 
And, you know, I've said, oh, you know, I don't really want to focus in on the money and care about the money. And I don't. But also, I want to be at a place where I'm not getting knocked out all the time from things in life where I'm just getting like, okay, all this shit's happening and I can just keep getting back up stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's not taking me out as long. You know, I still feel through things like fucking shootings happening all the fucking time around us, right? Even today on July the 4th, there was one in Highland Park, Illinois. Fuck, right? Of like feeling through that of like fucking shit and like, and then getting to the other side and still being able to show up and write content that inspires people and, and, and empowers them and gets them to a place of like, God, I got to work with this woman. Um, and I haven't done that enough this year because I've just been knocked down so much. And even if I get back up, I want to get back up faster. So that's kind of where I'm at there, continuing to prioritize my own self-care, my own pleasure, working out and slowing down. I'm adjusting my schedule some where I'm going to be coaching three weeks out of the month and then taking a whole week off to then work on writing projects, you know, like writing content that really is, um, what do I want to say? You know, the, the term they always say is like, oh God, what's the word? What's the word? Thought leader. You, know, you want to be a thought leader. And I'm like, oh, I kind of roll my eyes at it. But I do want to write content where people are like, damn, that made me think about life a whole different way. And I have a couple of people that I follow that do that. And I'm like, I want to get to that consciousness. And so that's really where I'm growing to in that. I'm also thinking a lot about the podcast, to be honest. It's a lot to put on this show. It costs a lot. And I love it. And I love doing it. But I'm starting to think, okay, when we hit 200 episodes in February and we're at our what is that, our three-year anniversary, I think? Is it time to maybe stop doing the show and shift and do something else? Maybe I spend time writing a book or maybe we don't produce an episode every week. Um, I'm not really sure, but I'm just kind of exploring that and looking into that. And um, yeah, I'm looking at my Living the Dream Mastermind for next year and getting so excited for that. You know, this year I've talked about on the show that it just felt like a dream come true to have the clients that I had in it. And it does suck that the support coach thing happened. And even one of the clients was so sweet and said, I'm not even sad for me in this. I'm sad for you because I knew how much you loved this year. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. No, I didn't say it like that, but inside that's how I felt. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a really great year there. And so I, um, have some bittersweet feelings with that of that year ending, but also holding space for, okay, what's next with that container. And I have, I think four more one-on-one spots left to fill for the rest of the year. And I'm loving the one-on-one clients that I have right now. Oh, if you're a one-on-one client of mine, I love you so much. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Um, I love all my clients right now damn, I'm like, I've just gotten to a place where I just really know who I work well with and who works really well in the process. Um, like, you know, as much as I love the client who ended up suing me, oh, I didn't even fucking tell you about that. Holy shit. So June, early June, we finally have the trial for the Sue case and I get there and, um, you know, her being the plaintiff, she starts with her argument with things. The first few sentences, the judge like just starts eating her alive. And it's like, you know, you needed this and you needed that and da 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 da. And, and so I'm just sitting there like, oh shit. Like, I'm just going to let her kind of 
dig her own grave in essence. And long story short, I won't get into all the details of it, but I ended up winning the case um, because she didn't have a solid argument of why I needed to refund her money. She kept saying that we had a verbal agreement and we didn't. We didn't have a verbal agreement, but even if we did, that she was trying to prove, it was like, I never said I was going to pay, help you pay your debt because how could I do that as a coach? I could say like, I'm going to guide you to doing that, but I'm not responsible for paying your credit card bills. You know, like that's just doesn't even make sense. So it's just such a huge relief when that came out because I was just, even though I knew like, okay, I am not in the wrong here. I also was like, but I did make this promise. If you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And so I felt really uncomfortable in that because it was a sales tactic again that I've outgrown and I don't use and I find it very slimy nowadays. Um, and so I had to sit in the discomfort of that and also the discomfort of, you know, what if the judge re- reels me in this? And I know how much I take rejection and how much I value responsibility in that. And I thought, oh my God, am I going to go into this and be, you know, in essence, like got, get in trouble to a point where I can't recover from because I just beat myself up so bad from it. And it didn't happen at all that way. <laughs> I do so much mindset work of like, it's okay, Lindsay, if she beats you up, it's okay. You'll be fine. Like you'll learn, you'll move on. You're not a bad person. Um, and in essence, like I won the whole case and it was so silly. I didn't need to think nearly as long about it near didn't need to prep really anything at all I could have just shown up and just let her present her case and the judge would have said that's not enough evidence or I'm awarding in the defendant um so yeah so that ended up closing out well but where I was going with that is like even though I loved that client she's a client that today I would not take on because she was just so anxious around money and really wanting to make money as fast as possible and I would tell her today is like I know I can help you and I know I can really give you some great results, but I cannot work with where your nervous system is at right now. Go out, go like make more money somewhere else in some other way until a point where you feel more stable with it because it was just, it was a lot. So yeah, I love my one-on-one clients right now. I love my other clients right now. If you're at a place where you're feeling inspired um, to work with me, I would love to explore working with you. Go to lindsayepreston.com forward slash free call to just get straight on my calendar. Um, you'll just see the open times I have available and you can book a consult call from there. I also have the group that I'm going to be launching here in September where I'm going to take five women through the Awakened Woman coaching process in a group format. I haven't done this in years and I've never done it in this the new Awakened Woman format. And so I'm already pre-filling that right now. I actually have a conversation with a woman later this week who will um, potentially be taking one of those spots. So yeah. That's where I'm at for the rest of the year. I just want to fill my mastermind with 15 women, which right now there's 14 in it. And then I'm inviting another 15 or so into that. So we'll see out of those 30-ish women, which 15 decide they want to jump in, four more one-on-one spots, and then five group spots. When you really look at it on a paper, it's like, I can do that. And I, again, I'm not going after numbers. I'm going after you know, writing things that convert, in essence, like inspire people and having fun and showing up for my family and that. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. I know this episode's super long. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, again, loving me and witnessing me. And I'll see you on another episode of the show. Bye for now.
Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share the show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.